joking, but there is something about that. It's just like sometimes I I have to remind myself that you weren't there for certain things. Yeah. <laughs> like I like I spoke to you a lot about high school and uh, that organization I was part of that you that you renamed Our Family Council. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say their actual name over the air because you know who knows who's listening. But this part's all gonna be the bonus. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Bonus. Uh, bonus audio. Um. And I remember telling you about all those times and there's like this small part of my brain that has to remember like, oh, that's right. He didn't go to high school with you. So, yeah, it's funny how that happens. Yeah. I'm like trying to figure out where. No, I was, um, I, uh, I also feel like I was like, was there ever a period before Ernesto? <laughs> Did life begin there? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, I feel the same way. It's like I, like, I, like, our friendship has been like throughout the ages, you know, <laughs> uh, for how long now? Almost 10, 11, 12 years. 12, 12 years. years. Yeah. 12 year friendship. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I know. Time just flew by. I mean, I still remember being back in that office on uh, Bleecker Street. Yeah. Jeez. It's freaking crazy. I just, never mind. I'm just like, I'm going to reference people I saw. I saw Michelle on the train. You did? Yeah, yeah. How's she doing? When did you see her? She's doing good. She looked a little, like, worse for the wear, but. Um, yeah. Oh, Okay, I thought yeah, you, yeah. I thought you were talking about the other Michelle. No, Michelle, Michelle. Yeah, I thought. I was, no, no yeah. I would have fucking ducked into uh, some bushes like Sean Spicer style. <laughs> so anyway, you saw Michelle on the train. Did you go and say hi? No. What do you mean she looked worse for the wear? What do you mean? She looked like she was like going through, uh, like she had been partying all night. She had like a super hangover. Oh wow! So I didn't want to go over there and be like, "Hello, remember me? Is my voice annoying?" Oh, you know, <laughs> making her hangover worse. Just she, she'll just be like, "Stop talking." You're like, "I've been glaving," you know, because <laughs> you're the one with the sexy voice, and I'm Mister Chop Cheese. Oh, stop! <laughs> stop! Stop! My goodness! Stop it! Um. It's true, man. You got like three compliments. They're all just like, oh. even my friend was just like, I heard my friend Matt here at the podcast, and he was like, Ernesto's got a cool voice. He's got a voice for radio. And I was just like, what the fuck? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And just romancing the ears off the general populace. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I could be smooth at that. <laughs> 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 I could be smooth too. Not just you. Oh, I'll never forgive you. Now that's a good way to start the show. Welcome you back, damn motherfucker. <laughs> Our friendship is over. The robots versus taxes is done. It will never be done. <laughs> Once I get loose of these restraints. <laughs> You can't see me, but I'm restrained. We're in this forever. God damn you. <laughs> God damn you, Mancebo. <laughs> no, won't somebody hear me. Anyway, uh, I'm Pablo Morali Martinez. 
I'm Ernesto Mancivo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for thanks for coming back for our uh, second episode. Um, uh, this week. <laughs> <laughs> this week is still happening. I mean, it feels like a. It feels like we left the party really early, and, then, and it's still like we could hear it through the walls. And one of our friends like is calling us up, like, "Dude, you'll never guess what happened after you left." It's <laughs> like, "What? Ah! If you go up, if you go upstairs right now, <laughs> you could still see Donnie J fucking pulling his dick out and slapping everybody on the face." Yeah, this past week, it's just. Things in our government have just been getting crazy, uh, crazier and crazier. It turns out that number forty-five, uh, President number forty-five, President number I'd forty-five, just call him by his full name. <laughs> Pre- <laughs> okay, very. That's the that's the title, President number forty-five. Right. Um, gave away classified information to the Russians when they were visiting him in the White House, allegedly. Allegedly, come on! I, I, right. It's yeah. it's it's Let's, pretty much yeah. confirmed Never at mind. this point. Like <laughs> he he really just doesn't care. But I think at a certain point he's going to have to because even Israel is pissed off with him because that intel that he shared they were like greatly responsible in getting. You know, they're just like um, we have agents in the field like you giving away this information um, can circle back to them and put them in a very compromised situation. So I think that um, President number 45 is starting to feel some sort of heat over that. And hopefully we'll get some sort of goddamn idea that you don't do that. Chaffetz is like, he sent his subpoena out. He wants to get Comey to fucking testify. So like... Shit's, within the next few weeks, we're gonna see the un, the peeling of the onion mm. of uh, of just like this this silly douchebag. This might be an infinite onion, though, because it seems like <laughs> I mean there have been times during the campaign where we thought, okay, now it's about to unravel. I mean, you know, grab him by the pussy, yeah, forget it. This guy, yeah. bam elected it's just like it's like between covering up uh this latest uh fuck up of president number 45 to uh what is it like two weeks ago presenting that horrendous um bill to try and repeal and replace uh, obamacare obamacare it's just like every almost every single malady that a human being can happen that's not even a malady some are even just biological functions qualify as pre-existing conditions it's it's especially for women it's just it's just like it's sad that like in this country right now guns have more rights than women do absolutely i mean like the the open carry laws have just like didn't jeff sessions or well, fuck you know what? I'm gravely misinformed in this area, so I don't want to just go shooting in the dark. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, there were just some open carry laws, gun laws that were passed that like basically makes it legal to is it concealing carry in Texas now? Like it's even more it's like it's even 
Like it's it's gotten even more out of control. Whatever it turns. How, how much B more that, open carry can it get in Texas? Like I, I think that in Texas, <laughs> you're you're allowed to walk around with that um, crotch gun that you saw in from Dust Till from Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn. I think, <laughs> I think that's just like standard. I think they give those out to like all public school teachers. You know, it's like they say it's that Texas. when you they say that when you move to Texas. They just give you the gun from Aliens, you know, the smart gun <laughs> that's attached to your body. <laughs> it's like against the xenomorph. <laughs> you never know when you go shopping. You know? <laughs> one of them, one of them xenomorphs looks you in the eye. You got to put them out, stand your ground. Those xenomorphs are black, you know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we were all thinking I was it. Gonna, I was gonna go there. We were all thinking it. Come on. <laughs> all right. Uh, talking about shooting from the hip. Oh. Puns of plenty. <laughs> Going puns blazing. Oh, God. Someone kill me. <laughs> I'm in a very rare mood today. Can you tell? Welcome to, to, to Pablo's uh, Pun Emporium, where the fifth pun is on us. Oh, my goodness. Republicans like like they're like the these these members of the GOP their way of thinking is is bizarre to me. It's like we want more guns, you know, mm-hmm. but then you know the guns that up, end up on the streets of Chicago and there's a high murder rate, and they're just like we meant for white folk, uh-huh. you know. Well, when the black people do it, you know, it's violence. When we do it, it's standing our ground. Whatever. That's me going off on, like, my own, like, tangent. But I don't know. I just I just feel like they, like, with Trump with, with health care, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to re- roll back a lot of the things that were already established with uh, the Affordable Care Act that Obama put in place, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he wants to increase coal jobs, which, you know, it's not it's not exactly a safe line of work. Oh, you mean a, a, a uh, an occupation where after a few short years, you end up with black lung? Yeah, with black. Lung. Yeah, it's it's or uh, just like, you know, you get exposed to like the like some fucking toxic, uh, you know, inner like like methane emissions mm-hmm. or like. Basically, something toxic that could possibly kill you, and within a few short years, you know, you're like looking at your health insurance, and you know, nothing covers it. It's just like oh, nothing no. covers. Yeah, everything's a pre-existing condition. Yeah, every, pretty much everything. And I don't know. I mean, what a thing to promise coal jobs coming back. First of all, he might as well be like, I'm also backing giant corks. Yeah. to stuff in <laughs> the caves while you're working the coal jobs. <laughs> Oh God! Essentially, I mean, uh, I hope that because um, the because uh, the economic anxiety that certain people feel with that um, that occupation sort of uh, fading away um, is a very real pain that they feel. Um, generations of folks, as as unhealthy as it is, got to work and make their living and raise families off of uh, that industry. But the thing is. A lot of these uh, coal mining companies have figured out that it's much cheaper to just blow the top off of the mountain 
and extract the coal that way. Therefore, they don't really need the uh, as much of the manual labor uh, that they used to. Instead, they're just like, oh, you know, we can just destroy the mountain instead and get it that way, as opposed to sending people down with safety equipment and, you know, all sorts of other uh, tools and things of that nature. So who knew? Blowing shit up is cheaper. But, uh, but yeah, so these people are out of a job. And also, it's a... It's not a clean source of energy. And in general, we're trying to move toward uh, cleaner forms of energy just for, you know, the environment and stuff like that. Right. So if if there was true equity happening here as opposed to blaming um, any particular president or um, or undocumented workers for, quote unquote, taking jobs real equity would be for either the government or the government forcing these companies to retrain these workers so that they can enter the green energy field. I mean, they, they, they've put all these years into that. They have other people coming up behind them who can just as easily, I'm not going to say easily, but could definitely make the transition into that under in other industry, which will last far longer um, because we're always going to need clean energy. And uh, that would I think that would help a lot with that sort of economic anxiety as opposed to using other groups as a scapegoat and then turning it from economic anxiety into what this ridiculous term I heard um, cultural anxiety, which which is which is just another phrase for racism. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it, it just it's racism, but you should have empathy for me. It's like no, that's that's not how that works. <laughs> it's weird how the, how that 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 weird victimization comes in. Well, that's you know that's that's a that's a really it's a really uh, often used tool by the right wing and by um, frankly white hegemony in this country. Um, we know the history of this country and what group was dominant and what was done to um, other marginalized groups. Like, and now, like the Native Americans, like the Native, jeez, the Native. <laughs> Shit, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of laughing at myself. But I, whenever I think about that, it's like it's hard not to, because that's the way I, I kind of deal with, with overwhelming like injustice. Sometimes I just have to like laugh at it, or else mm-hmm. I'm just gonna tear out my hair. Absolutely. Absolutely. What happened to the Native Americans is is one of the worst crimes. What's still happening. Because what's still the, happening. The yes, very true. Keystone Pipeline. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was just history repeating itself right there. They're it, just like, oh, yeah, that's right. You guys are still here. Let's just trample you some more. It's like, oh, remember the treaties that, you know, we made with your forefathers and we violated? Yeah, we're doing that again. So, yeah, you know, because we got to make some money. Yeah. You know? It's like we want to put this uh, pipeline through your uh, through your lands and uh, there's possibly no, poison you. It's, you know? it's a, oh, most definitely poison you. I mean, the, the, these pipes, they leak. That's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. Clean energy, folks. It's like there, there's a reason why we're trying to make the transition. It's not just because well, it is the stuff is going to run out eventually. We, I say. I think we only have a few decades of this stuff left at best, but yeah, if we don't burn through all of our ozone first and kill ourselves with the, I'm not even worried about the ozone. I mean, I think it, we're already doomed. I, but continue, really, but continue, really, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I want to go into the uh, yeah. doomsday angle, but um, but 
yeah, no. So it's like this is why we're trying to move to uh, clean forms forms of energy. You know, it's far more sustainable. We don't have to face the ramifications of many generations before. And I'm not blaming them. You know, we all everybody. I don't want to make light of it, but, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Um, this just happens to be a mistake that our children are going to feel. We're definitely feeling it and our children will continue to feel that. So let's try to mitigate some of this uh, harm and disease that's coming down the pipeline, so to speak. And um, <laughs> poor choice of a rim <laughs> shot. <laughs> you know, I, I had to get a pun in there. You know, it's like. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's 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 about making the transition and trying to make things better for the future as opposed to scapegoating. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. You know, it's hard work. But, you know, if you do the work now, then later on, you'll never regret it. That's the thing. Work, okay. Working hard now for something that will benefit you later, you just don't – you just never regret it. Right. Yeah. But, uh, like, okay, but do you think he's honestly – president number 45 do you think he's honestly thinking about anything in terms of climate change or like clean energy when he's got you know he's basically has is mired in scandal like his like at this point his his um because he loves doling out the uh the nicknames mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um you know crying chuck schumer uh crooked hillary uh little marco do, do you know any more any who are the other did he call what did he call uh, Ted Cruz? Good old fuckface. Oh, <laughs> I believe you're right. I believe you're right. Which was which was shocking that that got through on network I television. Know. You know, it's like CNN like was real really dropped the ball on bleeping that. Yeah, I mean they made a graphic and everything. You know, so, <laughs> but yeah, uh, do you think he's he's even considering all this? I don't even scandalous. I'm sorry, scandalous Trump. <laughs> I don't think he's even concerned about his own health, much less the environment. You know, um, I I look at that guy. I was actually, this was actually part of my Mother's Day conversation. Um, we were talking about how crazy the whole situation is, and how it really does seem like he's a sick man uh, mentally and physically. And my mother was just like, "Jess, obviously, look at his face. You know, <laughs> that man looks sick." And I'm like, yeah, you're right. She's just like, he just he looks like <laughs> something's not connecting in his head. It's his hair. She's a, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, my mother used to be a, uh, a hairstylist slash beautician, so she notices that. She's just like, his hair looks terrible. <laughs> and somebody, and I started to get a little scared because she started to sound a little bit like a revolutionary. She's like, somebody has to do something. And I'm like. <laughs> All right, mom. The people have to get together. We have to rise up. Um, so I was just like, calm Mom's down, on mom. on the right track. Just like, just read your card. Here, here's, I got you some soap. Happy Mother's Day. Happy soap. <laughs> it, it was really nice soap from, really? from the company I work oh, for. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, you know, <laughs> quote unquote high end soap, you know, <laughs> whatever that means. It's made from human fat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, um, damn. Like, if your mom like does launch a revolution, I want to be sign me up. Jeez, I don't, I don't know, man. Hasta just, la victoria siempre. Oh my, my mom launched a revolution. I, I don't know if I could deal with that. <laughs> I just, 
I, I've I've been on the receiving end of that revolution growing up. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody survived that. You have a hot mom. All right, that's it. That's it. That's you, all you're gonna. I will. <laughs> I had to get that one in there. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever heard a uh, a live ass whooping in a podcast? <laughs> well, you're about to. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's get back more to the to the insane insanity at hand. I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, the insanity. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I love how Putin immediately rushes to Trump's aid, <laughs> and he's like, "I'll release the documents only if Trump asks nicely." You know? <laughs> oh God. I could see him saying that with like a red smoking jacket on, you know, looking into it's the camera, red. looking into the, ah, uh, it's red. Yes, <laughs> of course. What other color would it be? Looking into the camera all like sexily. If he asks nicely, putting his pinky to the side of his mouth, you know, you expecting a call there, buddy? I mean, no, you know, I'm getting cause like, we're not doing anything right no, now. It's like, I'm <laughs> getting like <laughs> fucking political Reuters and Huffington Post keep like, like sending me texts. They're just like, won't believe <laughs> you just won't believe do you think do you think um oh man i feel like now we're we're straying off topic here for a little, a little bit but do you think how long do you think it's been since melania and trump have had sex oh you know she's, since she got up on that horse and rode that fucking you know I uh, that poor woman. She's earning a wage. I oh <laughs> fuck. Look, I I feel bad for her. There, there is very little that I empathize with with when it comes down to Melania. Um, and for a second, I started to, especially when I saw the footage and the pictures of them during the inauguration of President Forty Five. Um. You can tell just from their physical body language, um, the way he never waited for her when he walked anywhere that day. Um, she just sort of like lagged He's behind. He's such a dick. He's such a dick. And um, there was a moment where I was just like, this this woman, this woman is kind of alone in the marriage. She only has, she has her children, who I'm sure that she loves, and the money to keep her warm. That's it. Right. Everything else is just maintenance, you know. Um, I don't I think she got more than she bargained for. Uh, I think she or less. <laughs> <laughs> He's got small hands. Um. We had a presidential candidate talk about his junk and get elected. And he like, won. and he won. It's. I mean, you're listening to robots versus, versus taxes. <laughs> On Radio Free Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> to be quite honest, we're, we're, we still can't believe that we're on the air. Yeah, it's like, no. it's because we're, we're just, uh, thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, what do you think it like, man, that, that, uh, that whole thing with Comey, like him asking Comey not to investigate Flynn. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm hmm. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure, like, 
at the heart of this is Michael Flynn. It's like, what does he know that Trump is so afraid of? That basically he's willing to risk obstruction of justice and being called out on it mm-hmm. on like the House floor by uh, Senator Al Green mm-hmm. to be like, you know, you know, this is a let the Im- the, let the impeachment process begin. You know, mm-hmm. what must Flynn know? that um that has him so that has him being sloppy he, like even for like he he knows he knows this could fuck him in the long run mhm mhm he knows something he knows something and uh yeah like you said they're scrambling they're being sloppy and eventually somebody is going to to spill the juice <laughs> it's at this point it's not about it coming out and us being surprised. It's about it coming out and it being legally something that can be uh, prosecuted or will get him kicked out of office or something. You know, it's like at this point, at this point, I would be more surprised if I learned that he, you know, he had saved like an orphanage or something like that by himself with a broken leg, you know, like that would surprise. I would actually need to see video of that in order for me to believe that. That's how, that's how, little faith i have uh in this not little faith no faith in this man that orphanage better be near mar-a-lago yeah seriously you know it's like oh this is terrible we got to save those kids who else is going to maintain the grounds you know it's like (laughs) 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 we elected a reality tv show star and that's exactly what we're getting in the presidency every week it's a new it's a new cliffhanger. And honestly, I'm fucking sick of this show. Yeah, this is this is the this is the worst show ever because it's uh But we're it's not a show, we're living it. We're living it. Yeah, no. You're totally right. You're totally right. The thing that scares me though, as outrageous as it is to hear about all the stuff that he's doing from week to week, um, because he's occupying the office of the president. Um, that makes him extremely dangerous. And there was something I was listening to today. It was um, Noam Chomsky, uh, who was being interviewed on Democracy Now. Uh, that also has a podcast here on Radio Free Brooklyn. You should definitely, great, great, great you should definitely uh, check them out. Um, he was saying something around the 75-day mark of his presidency that um, it is not unusual for men like this um, who don't know what they're doing or who are just in it for um, making money and grabbing power, especially when they're unpopular with the citizenry to, to set up a, a false flag operation to initiate a conflict in order to beef up their numbers or uh, strengthen their position in some way. Um, which was really frightening to me because it made me think back to the Bush administration. And when that guy got into office, I mean, there... You're talking about 9-11. You're talking about how it affected his presidency. Exactly, exactly. I was was thinking that, and I didn't want to go there. I mean, look, we eventually we we, we have to go there because before 9-11, like, Bush was the butt of every joke. He, you know, people, we were all just looking at each other like, can you believe we have this guy who can't even talk? You know, there was a TV show that's, <laughs> that you can, you can't find anymore. 
and it's I feel like it's been scrubbed clean from from history. But I remember it was called That's My Bush. Yes. Oh my god, you're right. Oh my god. After 9/11, that show evaporated so fast and it's like the Mandela effect, like it was erased. Erased from existence. Oh my god. Now we have to find we have to find that show. It has to exist somewhere and when we do uh, we're going to post it to the Robots versus Taxes Facebook page. So, oh, just so you know, guys, you can find us on Facebook now. We're, and on Twitter. And on Instagram. And on Instagram. We're still, you know, <laughs> putting up content. But uh, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the show, you'll probably end up seeing on those uh, on those pages. Um, as well as just random craziness. Either politics created, of course, uh, which comes with built-in craziness. Or just the random awesomeness that we find uh, on the web that we talk about and that we'll share with you. Yeah. So on Instagram, like on Instagram and on Facebook, you can find us on at Robots versus Taxes, and um, on uh, Twitter you can find us at RVT on RFB. There we go. Yeah. There we go. So slowly, slowly building and reaching out to you guys, and hopefully you'll reach out back to us. Yeah, but um, with consent. With consent, <laughs> <laughs> unlike uh, certain presidential figures who will not be named. <laughs> <laughs> You're right there. You got a little. Uh, you sound like yeah, you got something. I feel serious. like I got a Cheeto launched. <laughs> in oh, ooh, <laughs> those can be dangerous. Uh, yeah. Speaking of horrible killing machines. Uh, <laughs> One of my, uh, let me just tell you, one of my fears, and I've discussed this with my wife at length, is that um, uh, we're both scared that um, what Trump, what's going to happen is that a huge tragedy would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trump will see this coming, and he won't act to stop it because he needs this. He needs a tragedy to yeah. happen. Yeah. He needs something that makes him look heroic. Mm-hmm. God forbid that happen. That is the worst case scenario. That is the worst case scenario. It's it's extremely frightening. Um, and because uh, he acts like a king, currently. He does. He well. He and his and his defenders treat him like one. Like they'll be like. You know, I, I I go online and I see what they're commenting on, like the fact that, like, you know, he says, uh, you know, uh, I I told Russian intelligence uh, about the about you know classified information. So what? And then they're like, yes. Yeah, so what? He's our king. You know. Oh, these fucking idiots. But he needs a tragedy, and that I'm that's what that's what I'm deathly afraid of. No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. I mean, and I it, think Chomsky's like, ahead, like he sees that also. Oh yeah, Chomsky's way ahead of the curve, yeah. and and him saying that just it it gave me it gave me a chill because I'm just like this guy's been uh, looking at the situation for a long, long time. Uh, another thing that he mentioned: uh, there's a particular group of scientists that um, operate what what's called I think, well in the in the popular vernacular, uh, the Doomsday Clock, like. Um, the 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 hands to midnight that you know it basically it's a it's a 
It's a metaphorical like Doctor Strange Love and Watchmen and shit like that. Somewhat, yeah, exactly. Oh, nice, nice tie into pop culture. All right, hey, uh, but uh, <laughs> having fun. <laughs> so we're all gonna die. <laughs> yuck! 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 But um. Yeah, there's this metaphorical clock that uh, when the hands reach midnight, that represents um, worldwide uh, nuclear war. Um, and the closest that we've ever been to that is two minutes before midnight, and that was during the um, Cuban Missile Crisis, okay. uh, during the Kennedy administration. Right. Once Trump uh, was inaugurated, that clock, that clock was moved to two and a half minutes which is the closest that we've been since the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is a very sobering thing that this, uh, it's not just, you know, two guys in a room, you know, like us. It's its like yeah. it's a group of scientists, of, of, of learned individuals who um, analyze these situations. That's just, it's just what they do. And for them to say that, okay, we've moved closer to this particular movement and combining that with uh, what Pablo just said in terms of Trump needs a tragedy it's a very very scary thing and it's a very scary time it, it, it just makes you um, pick your head up and and look around and say there is no room for apathy there's no room for just hoping that it's gonna work out like everybody has to stand up and be active at least that's the way I see it she said I mean I just hope we start seeing more more grassroots protests mm-hmm. and people like marching in the street. We need like I, I saw there's going to be a, a march happening in July, and mm-hmm. I'm really happy about that. But there, there, I feel like there needs to be more. Our, more collectively, our voices need to be heard more because I mean we're we're living in the midst of a shit show, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's no escaping it because, like I said, we're live we're living in a we're living in a reality TV show that's ridiculous, and it feels like it feels like for our world leaders, for our, for our for the president of this country to be acting the way he's acting, and for things to be the way that they're going, I feel like it's unacceptable. Somebody needs to put the brakes on this train, and I, I mean, I know impeachment is a long and messy process, and it'll probably hurt us in the long run, but we need to do something. You know this. We need to do something democratic. We need to we need to form some kind of coalition. We need to vote these motherfuckers out of office come twenty eighteen because this shit. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to put the the brakes on this train. You hit it. You hit it right on the head, man. It's uh, in twenty eight November of twenty eighteen. That's when the people stand up and speak up and let these everybody who's been supporting him know. If this is the position you're going to take, you cannot keep your job. You are out of there. And we're putting somebody else in who has sense, who's going to speak up against this man. And I feel like any politician, most likely it's going to be people on the Democratic side. I'm not I'm not heralding the Democratic Party as our saviors, but they are more likely at this point to listen to reason than uh, the Republican Party. So, because they're tripping over them, there the Republican Party right now is tripping over themselves trying to make an excuses mm-hmm. for the person that they got elected. Absolutely, uh, they're saying that he's joking. He was joking about the uh, about the Comey 
uh, 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 telling uh, Comey that uh, you know not to investigate Flynn. Mm-hmm. That it was a joke. Oh, it was, oh, it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's just full of jokes. Yeah, yeah right. It's like, it's, it's, was that more like what locker room talk? Is this? Uh, <laughs> is this? Uh, you brought it back. Is this water locker room talk? I, I mean, like, is it water cool? I like. I don't. It's like. Well, Spencer once said one time, um, like you can't, you can't take him at what he says. You have to look deeper into the meaning of his words. It's just like who, who, who said that? Spencer, Richard Spencer. Um, sorry, not Spencer. Oh. Sorry, Spicer. Oh, Spicer. Spicer. Yeah, he said, oh, you can't look, you, you can't uh, take him, you know, at his word. You got to look deeper into the meaning of what it is he says. It's just like we're not. We're not here to philosophize over what we think he means. Like, he's he is occupying the office of the presidency. It's like he's supposed to be forward. He's supposed to just speak in a plain manner. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe it's like now it's become a philosophy. It's just like, oh, you know, it's like the, it's Schrodinger's president. Yeah, he both <laughs> is and isn't president. <laughs> Oh man, anyway. what a mess! What a mess! I feel like there's going to be a brilliant writer, uh, perhaps one in this very room right now, who can rewrite this whole situation into a great screenplay. Coming soon. <laughs> no, you'll you'll be hearing episodes, uh, a sh- short blips of uh, what we have in store. Uh, our little uh, noir, uh, de- like detective story, starring. Our current president. Um, but uh, yeah, that'll come in the future. So stay tuned, people. Stay tuned for that. Stay yeah. tuned for that. But uh, but yeah, um, earlier we were talking about um, uh, Texas and their... Their xenomorph problem? Their xenomorph problem, <laughs> which leads us into the robots portion of this podcast. Because it's all about staying relevant, you know, so... It should just be called taxes versus robots. <laughs> um, robots versus taxes rolls off the tongue. Really, um, so yeah, um, I can't, I can't wait uh, till um, till Alien Covenant. Um, mostly because like I'm a big fan of the original two Alien movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and while I didn't like Prometheus as much as like Alien One and Aliens, mm-hmm. um, I felt like such a dick for correcting the Best Buy girl who was trying to help me with uh, getting uh, the DVD, the Blu-ray for Aliens. She was like, "Oh, we like. Are you looking for Alien Two? I was like, "Aliens." <laughs> you really, you, you really did that. You really did that. Oh Look, my. it was a rough day. I was really like irritated. I'm fasting because I'm trying to lose weight. So yeah, okay. I came off a, like more than a little douchey. Oh my god! I should write like uh, just an apology letter. <laughs> She's like, oh, all right, dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Every the, what the audience needs to know is like every now and then I come across acro- I come across like a complete I come across like a complete dick. So please forgive me. I'm only human. It's true. I'm sorry, buddy, but it is true. <laughs> there was, 
And I, I just want to share this little story real quick. A few years ago, we went to Comic-Con, and we were standing in a long-ass line for a panel for The Walking Dead. So when you're spending days in line to <laughs> to get into this panel, or at least that's what it felt like. I got a few grays on that. I feel like part of me is still there. Yeah, just in that lower level of the Javits Center. But um, So eventually, you start to uh, strike up conversations with people around you, or rather, they strike them up with you. And there was this young woman uh, standing by us who, you know, just started chatting us up, um, asking questions. Because the way we are, we just have a, a grand old time wherever we are. We make each other laugh. We just, you know, make fun of shit, make up um, theoretical scenarios or whatever. So we always look like we're having a good time. And she must have, like, picked up on that energy. So she started chatting us up. And, you know, you think it's going well. It's like, okay, you know, whatever. You inter- interacting with uh, fellow Comic-Con goers. And the line moves. She eventually moves off on her own. And this guy right here, he's just like, Ugh. And I'm like, what's up? And he's just like, I just hate it when people who, like, don't know me talk to me. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's just I don't know. It's like she didn't... Like, I didn't... God, I'm such an asshole. Like, I didn't... Uh, it's not like we signaled over to her to talk to us. I was just like, you're going to be one of those directors one day that people can approach, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> so it's one of my favorite stories, actually, because <laughs> it was a learning moment. <laughs> you know, the thing about that was, was, like, I'm... Like, I can't... Like, I can't wait, like, for this this broadcast slash podcast to get huge mm-hmm. like i really want us to like to have our own panel at comic-con mm. um <laughs> at the same time you know it's like i i um you know i feel like um i'm trying to like I, like i'm trying to scale back my dickiness my general dickiness and you know it it comes and goes it's like the it's like the jekyll and hyde effect it's just like i'm trying to like as much as like I try to hide the fact that I'm a dick, I, like just parts of it keep coming out. <laughs> so uh, you know, um, for those for those who are go- probably going to be get graced with our presence at Comic Con, uh, be prepared. <laughs> I, <laughs> this... I can sometimes be a dick. Sorry. I think <laughs> and that in saying that I realize how you mongers are a douchebag. I come off. That might be the longest preemptive apology that I've ever seen, like years from now. Like It's like an apology question mark. <laughs> <laughs> right, you've been warned. You've been warned. But uh, Alien Covenant. Yeah, yes. you were saying. You're, <laughs> Alien you, Covenant, you can't, yes. You can't wait for this. Uh, why in particular? Um, I'm just a – like just from the look of it, it looks cool. Like mm-hmm. I'm just – I. Um, like I kind of, despite the fact that I have some very, some problems with Ridley Scott, um, let's uh, let's explore that a little bit. You wanna? You really wanna go? Just into, just just a just bit, a little bit. Just All because right. I I remember the conversation that we had prior, and I just I just want our listeners to know, um, in case they didn't. Right. So in the in a future podcast or a, in a future broadcast slash podcast. We're going to address, and that's what I want. I kind of wanted to address this week mm-hmm. was whitewashing, mm-hmm. um, and sort of the cavalier attitudes uh, uh, towards whitewashing, 
by uh, you know the Hollywood elite. Mm-hmm. And um, but we'll broach that uh, later. But mm-hmm. for right now, we're just going to touch upon the subject of the the fact that um, so Ridley Scott. Uh, he has he had he made a movie called Exodus Gods and Kings right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Moses story yeah and you know we've typically talked about this subject with of the fact that like nowadays it's like the sword and sandal epics are coming are kind of coming back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean it's the same old shit it's like uh, Egypt is actually you know Britain's sandbox yeah <laughs> Um, it's Great Britain sandbox because everyone's uh, white and everyone's got a British accent. Mm. So it's like, uh, um, uh, so whatever. That notwithstanding, uh, they asked Ridley, like the press asked Ridley Scott at a press junket, at a press junket, the um, why he didn't cast Egyptian actors in the roles uh, of you know. Egyptians. <laughs> um, and what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> Boggles the mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and Ridley Scott said something. I'm paraphrasing. But he said something along the lines of, Well, I think that casting uh, <laughs> someone like, uh, named uh, Mustafa. Casting someone named... Uh, sorry. I was too into character. Uh, I could have sworn that Ridley Scott was in front of me right now. It's like, it was it was eerie. <laughs> but he said, uh, you know, I didn't want to cast someone with, you know, like, you know, nobody's ever heard of Mustafa so-and-so and Mufasa this and, you know, using uh, whatever catch-all stereotypical... Uh, you know, Egyptian or Arabic sounding names that came into his, his brilliant mind, um, Mm. Hmm. brilliance in quotation marks. So, um, so I have, that's why I have problems with Ridley Scott because he, you know, you know, people are bringing up a valid point that like, geez, like would Hollywood grow up already and just treat history as if it's not like entirely British? Yeah. Uh, from the start, um, and you know he responds with something ignorant and you know like just oblivious yeah. and kind of vaguely racist. Yeah. You know? <sighs> yeah. So that na- notwithstanding, I'm looking forward to his fucking alien move. Now, <laughs> now I'm mad. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, now you know, guys. Now you know. It's. Uh, I'm mad. Uh, now I don't know if I want to go see this goddamn movie. Yeah, I'm still on the fence myself. <laughs> I got to tell you, I still, I'm still on the fence myself. Um, I mean, he like, like, and this is not the first time. It's like even like uh, you know, linking uh, in periphery, mm-hmm. in the peripheral sense, you know, the Aliens franchise is also guilty of whitewashing because of the role of Vasquez. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, he. Uh, I feel like James Cameron directed that movie, but I feel like indirect. I feel like somewhere along the process, Ridley Scott must have been at fault there. <laughs> but like you know, James Cameron kind of made up for it by like casting 
recasting Vasquez's role in, in Avatar with Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> he basically, you know, took that role and just he was like, you know what? Let's actually make her Latina this time. <laughs> it's like everybody in the room was like, whoa, whoa, whoa blue just, aliens we could deal with. <laughs> but Latinos in Latino roles. Latinos have never been to space. Have you seen Star Trek? And there's, of course, one guy in the room who's just like, wait a minute, guys. I think he might be on to something. I think it's called, and they're snapping their fingers. I forget the word. Um, authenticity. <gasps> Somebody faints in the background. I don't, I don't know if I can deal with this. Well, I never. You're just making up words now. Like that other word, made up word I thought I heard. What was it called? Uh, uh, intersectionality. <laughs> but uh, and feminism. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, we this, have fun. We have fun. This is <laughs> this was a, what a uh, behind the scenes big Hollywood meeting. I know we were must there. Sound like you know, <laughs> along with of course you know the the eerily accurate Ridley Scott uh, that Pablo. <laughs> Pablo can bring forth. Right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we're on the fence about uh, Alien Covenant. Yes, it's it's part of a franchise that we love. Um, from the trailers, it looks really interesting. There are certain things in it that, um, that have puzzled me, but that have piqued my interest as well. Uh, there was uh, part of the advertising program has gone through social media, in particular Instagram. And there was a clip shown of uh, what was the uh, the scientist's name? The one who survived <laughs> at the end of Prometheus? Shaw. Shaw. Uh, I forget her, her her first name. But Dr. Shaw. Dr. Shaw. Dr. Shaw. Um, so the actress, she's not in Alien Covenant. Which but sucks because I really like that actress. I, I love Space Bjork. She was just Space awesome. Bjork. She was awesome. But, <laughs> she, but, she, but her character... Okay. <laughs> Her character is referred to in a hologram um, in this film, and there are a lot of internet theories floating around in terms of what ultimately happened to her, uh, because uh, the android David, who we also saw in Prometheus, uh, makes it into this film, Alien Covenant, and so there has there there's a gap in the story, which I assume. Uh, will be filled in and i've just heard some wild internet theories like should i go there or yeah yeah go yeah, ahead, go so ahead. Let's yeah, go. yeah yeah like ahead. there's an internet internet theory that after they escaped uh the planet um that they landed on in prometheus they went somewhere else somehow david got his head uh, reattached to his body um you know because he's a he's a robot and started experimenting on dr shaw and one of the wildest theories I read online is that he somehow made her into one of the original um, xenomorph queens. That is fucking bonkers. It is bonkers, but you know, I enjoy I enjoy wild theories like that because there's something sort of awe inspiring and grotesque about that. Yeah. Like like Ray being a Palpatine. Yeah. Oh, you had to go there. Yeah, I'm you sorry. That that internet theory is fucking nuts. And I, I was like, ooh, that would be kind of cool. That is kind of nuts, but you never know. I mean, 
if we're we totally just shifted gears here from one movie to the other but that's what we do um <laughs> they're both in space they're both in space <laughs> yeah like like with the like with Arthur C. Clarke's family. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, They're, like like you went last time. You know, I'm still in space. No one can hear you sue for oh, slander. <laughs> that joke from last week really is still is still smart. You know, it's like can't believe you went there. But anywho, um, the Last Jedi um, has some pretty big shoes to fill, uh, especially since. Uh, the Force Awakens uh, did so well and got us all to like love Star Wars again and almost erased, you know, the the mark that the uh, the prequels left. The sandy taste. The sandy taste. Oh. Mm. I hate sand. <laughs> but um, it so this being the second installment, um, if for those of you, for the faithful, uh, know that the Empire Strikes Back was definitely like the big movie of the original trilogy. You know, right. a lot of people right. refer to it as yeah. the best Star Wars movie. Right. So this second one coming has some pretty sh- big shoes to fill, especially after the success of the first. And to have that sort of twist, you know, um, because a lot of us believe that Ray is actually a Kenobi, you know, which kind of fits to me, kind of feels right. But like the original trilogy and Empire Strikes Back, we had that big twist that nobody saw coming. Um, and if you don't know the twist, do yourself a goddamn favor and just watch the movie. Like, seriously, don't be one of those people. I never saw Star Wars. Like, all right, get over yourself. <laughs> um, Isn't that one with Picard? Yeah, just, Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Star Trek fan, and even that offends me. Like, like really? Don't mix them up like that. But yeah, but if that twist were to happen, if Ray is a Palpatine... Um, that would be that would not that would knock my socks off. That would also be a robots versus taxes exclusive. Yes, it would. Yes, and you it heard it be. here first. <laughs> we knew all along. So <coughs> we are your source. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh my god, I cannot. I can't, I'm like December is so far away. It's so far away. Yeah, I we're we're gonna be in there day one. Yeah, like we were with the Force Awakens. Oh, man, we were in there. Fucking, it was rainy as hell that rainy day. Rainy as hell. <laughs> and we waited online outside. We already we already had our Some tickets. Some kid was trying to strike up a goddamn conversation. Oh god! <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck off!" Yeah. I'm waiting for my friend Ernesto. I don't know you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I guess that's a good place to cap it. Yeah, right? let's cap it there. All right, let's great. cap it there. Uh, just so you know, guys, last week, uh, if you listened, um, we meant to put a song of the week at the end of this podcast, but, you know, it was, it was our first, uh, like, actual broadcast, and yeah. we, we got some things mixed up, but, uh, yeah, this we, week, this I week... I fucked up, <laughs> Come on, let's just, yeah. No worries, no worries. It's like, it's, it, this is still a learning process, so yes. just so you know. But um, once again, we want to thank the good people at Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, and um, I am Ernesto Mancibo. I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And this has been Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes. taxes. <laughs> you have yourself a nice day. Later, guys. Song of the Week. Ah, 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 ah